You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the episode. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Wanderlust Swingers. I am joined by Jem and Daz. Welcome to the show guys. Hey. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Now, if you haven't caught by that very, very small amount of accent that you just heard there, Jem and Daz are actually a couple from the UK. So we're going to see how much slang they bring into the show today. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode, a little bit clickbaity in the title because we really do want to cover a quite a taboo thing, actually. So we're going to say swinging saved our relationship and we're going to dig in to Jem and Daz's history, their journey. Like any other couple, they have got kids, they go to the gym together, lead totally normal lives, but they say that their relationship was uh, broken according to Gem and Daz and swinging saved their relationship. So as we kind of get started in the episode, guys, maybe can you share a little bit about your background? We obviously said you're from the UK. Who are Gem and Daz? So we're from Bournemouth in the UK. I am 43. Yeah, I'm 40. I'm the older one. (laughs) (laughs) We've been together for 10 years now and got into swinging four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit about us. Like I say, kids, we've got kids. Uh, We go to the gym regularly and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, lead pretty normal lives. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you guys meet? Did you actually meet on a dating site or did you meet traditionally somewhere out at a pub? How'd that happen? We met on Tinder. Yeah, it was a Tinder date. I love asking people with a with a relationship somewhere in the last 10 years, like how, how did you guys kind of stumble upon each other? And I love it when people like Tinder, especially if they're swingers, because then I'm like, oh, good, you know all about the apps, like you're all over yeah. it, how to put your best foot forward. It was Daz's chat up line that got me. So he was into wakeboarding at the time and surfing <laughs> and his little line on his on his profile, if you date me, expect to get wet. Nice. Solid pun. <laughs> Super cheesy. <laughs> Worked every time. <laughs> now, you said you go to the gym a lot together. You've got the kids. My question is, how do you balance family life? We don't have children. We've got a little fur baby. That's that's really enough for us. And to be honest, that's even really hard to, to manage. So how do you guys kind of maintain that healthy balance between the swingers lifestyle, your own sexy time, and then having, you know, family commitments, work commitments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got two fur babies as well. Yeah, so <laughs> nice. Just two add that in. Two dogs. Yeah, so four children all together then. Yeah. It's definitely balance is key, isn't it? I think for us, we have to plan. We've got a diary and... We I should say Gemma plans. Yeah, I'm the planner. <laughs> I say... I sync my calendar with hers and I just go, oh, I've got to do that today. <laughs> oh, look, a date somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What, what are we doing here? What have you booked us in for now? No, we, we always like always plan ahead. So when there's events going on, I'll have a look. And like if it's a big event that we want to go to, I'll book it in the diary so we can get, you know, childcare. But yeah, yeah. planning ahead. We tend to plan about three key. months ahead. So we'll look three months and sort of say, okay, what are three events that we want to try and get to? And we're generally always booked up like that so there's no kind of surprises there's some last minute things someone will say something's going on and yeah. if we can fit it in we, we fit it in but 
there's nothing worse than missing out on like the event of the year because you didn't plan properly yeah, for it. And get proper FOMO. Yeah, you've got no one to look after the kids. <laughs> That's true. We actually just, we're now planners. We have historically been very spare at the moment, people. And just before I jumped on today's uh, call with you guys, I just booked a, uh, a weekend over in the Champagne region in France in May. Nice. So I, I feel I feel very far planned in advance at the moment. I'm, yeah, I'm, that I'm, is. I know, right? I'm giving myself like a little pat on the back here. <laughs> what's a, So what's a typical day for you two? Getting up, going to breakfast, looking after the kids, going well, to the def- gym? Definitely no breakfast. <laughs> get up, go to the gym. Yeah, so we'll get up together. We go to the gym uh that's the first thing we do come back get the kids ready for school yes. breakfast um for them normally breakfast for me come to coffee yeah. or something for Jen. dad gets angry if he doesn't eat food oh, yeah. uh, angry. Yeah. Oh, those hungry guys <laughs> yeah time. and then yeah. usually like social media work sometimes content work for only fans <laughs> yeah depending on what we're what we've got planned that day but um i do a bit of coaching as well so i have some coaching clients that i'll do like zooms with and then always try to get a ride in on my horse get a ride in <laughs> all sorts of riding yeah. <laughs> and i'll take the dogs with me and, and then usually We'll have dinner as a family, don't we, at the end of the day? But, yeah, that's kind of a typical day, isn't it? Yeah, we're more like, we were saying this the other day, as we've got older, we've become morning people, we think, which yeah. we never wanted to be morning people. Yeah. Nice. But now we're like, get the bath done in the morning. And then by the Sunday evening, so I'll often get back from work later, because I sort of start later. And then the evening, we've got a bit of time to just sort of cuddle and relax without having to respond oh, to, to too much stuff. But, <laughs> Now, we, we spoke about what we wanted to talk about on the, the show today, and one of the things that we did want to table was that swinging saved your marriage. And I said to you, this is going to be great because you often hear creators, bloggers, podcasters. I'm probably, I've been guilty of it. I mean, we've got, I think, 250 hours of content here. So you probably, if you went through the depths and bowels of my, my episodes, you've probably heard me talk about it, which is the old cliche of don't join the lifestyle to save your relationship. Don't join the lifestyle to save your marriage. Don't join the lifestyle if you've got cracks because it's only going to make the cracks bigger and all of these yeah. things. You know, just basically don't swing. And what you're saying is that that's obviously not the case for the two of you. For the first section, we're going to dig into all of that really and I think it's going to be an interesting topic and and really put that taboo or that cliche and, and turn it on its head. So you yeah. say your relationship is broken yeah. That means different things to different people. Can you maybe explain a little bit about what that meant for you and your relationship? Probably would say firstly that I would agree with what people are saying. They usually say, you know, don't get into the relationship, don't get into the lifestyle if your relationship struggling. But we obviously had a solid relationship there beforehand. So we'd been swinging for what, three years before we kind of hit a real low point in our relationship, hadn't we? Yeah. We were starting a new business and we just got totally caught up in business life and the stress of it all. And we just had no time for each other and no time to sort of do the the things that made us happy. And swinging took a backseat completely. And we were in a bad place, really, weren't we? We we nearly split up and yeah, it was nearly the end. And we were just sort of thought, what, what are we doing? You know, we've got an amazing relationship. We've been through so much together and um, 
that's when we decided that we needed to make time for each other and we decided to get back into into swinging and we booked to go to a club event didn't we Mm -hmm. went along and I think we we didn't even kind of go with like we're going to play with someone we're going to do something we just went along to enjoy the atmosphere and like be with the like-minded people and we ended up at the end of the night going off to a room just the two of us and we just reconnected didn't we and we were like this is what we've been missing from our life and yeah, we just reconnected with each other. Yeah. Did you have any fear then when, when you're having this conversation, if you've already been having some stress in your relationship and, I mean, starting a business or working with your partner is incredibly stressful. Daryl and I actually cannot Very work stressful. together. We've, we've said that many times. <laughs> we've realised that. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. And uh, But, how you know, having that conversation then of getting back into the lifestyle after a stressful moment, were you worried then about the extra pressure that that might put on? Like how, how did you, how did that conversation go? Well, we were listening. We were listening to a podcast, actually, weren't we? We were going to this job that we had and, you know, it was nonstop and we were listening to a podcast about swinging. It was then that we sort of we were like, oh, what, what are we doing? You know, we just, we used to love this. We used to like really enjoy it. So we chatted about it, didn't we? And mm-hmm. I think we just, obviously things weren't great between us, but we just knew that we needed to make time for each other and kind of get that connection back and have the fun that we used to have. So we just decided we would go with no expectations. We sort of hadn't done the kind of big club nights before. It was always very kind of private parties, wasn't it, beforehand and quite a small sort of affair. But yeah, we didn't have any preconceptions. We were just, let's just go and do something fun, you know, forget about the business and work and just go and spend some time with each other and get back to doing what we love. So really kind of what you're saying there is having a common goal, even though there was problems there, you knew that you were both still in it and wanted to then go and explore it. Now you just mentioned that you were used to smaller parties. So what, you know, maybe share one of your first experiences in the lifestyle and what your initial reaction was when you walked into that. And that can be like back then, or maybe when you got back into the lifestyle, happy for you to share whatever you like. The first time we ever went to uh, a swingers club, we were on, uh, what's it called? Fab Fab Swingers. We're not on that site anymore. But we were looking at sort of things to go to and we found this manor house party, didn't we? Um, so that was the first time we ever went to a to a swingers party. <laughs> and we had no idea what we were walking into. We were super nervous, weren't we? Yeah, it was definitely uh, a step outside the norm. We actually, I think we got private message and someone was like i've got this big house and there's a swimming pool we're gonna have this big party Mm. so we kind of went yeah i think i think this is what we you know this is what we thought it was like big luxurious parties so we drove down and we were so nervous yeah we went we stopped at the pub (laughs) that was by the place so we were sort of sat drinking beer and doing the whole like should we just go yeah what are we doing let's just go home (laughs) can't do it so we'd had our beer to give us a little bit of confidence. Confidence beers. Before. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I have vodka. You have yeah. beer. <laughs> so we got down there and obviously other couples were turning up and everyone was really lovely. Yeah. And the guy whose house it was and his partner were really nice as well. And they were um, they knew it was like our first event. We'd sort of been honest with them. Which is such a key thing to do is just let people know yeah. if you're kind of new. Yeah. Because everyone's going to make the extra effort to kind of... Yeah usher you in and kind of show you how things work and, and yeah and just make you feel comfortable so 
So yeah, that was great. But that, I mean, it was beautiful. That oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then they showed us uh, the downstairs, which was like the sex dungeon. That was it, the dungeon. They were like, at nine o'clock, the dungeon's going to open. <laughs> we were like, going, what? what dungeon? Like, what's, what's <laughs> Let's such a sheltered life. <laughs> so nine o'clock comes and they're like, he's like, I'll take you down, show you, show you the dungeon. And yeah, that was uh, as now... You know, anyone in the sort of lifestyle who's been to kink clubs and that type of thing will know what a, a sex dungeon is. Oh, it's totally normal for us yeah. now, but at the yeah. time we walked in and it was, it, was, it, it was in full swing. And obviously the people who were there, it wasn't like a newbie event. Everyone was, yeah. new, you know, everyone was very experienced in the lifestyle. So there wasn't really much, I guess, small talk before. No, everyone, no, everyone just got, got straight down to it. We didn't know where to look. Yeah. It was just like, wow, what, yeah. what on earth's going on? But Got a little bit involved and I I got flogged, didn't I? Yeah, so Jeremy's always had a bit of a king and this is one of the things we'd sort of discussed as we were kind of getting into this lifestyle. Beyond just the lifestyle kind of things, you start to discuss, so, you know, what are your kings? What are the kind of things you want to experience and stuff like that? And we started to discover these things about each other that we didn't really know. And one of Jem's was definitely the S&M kind of bondage side of things. Definitely not because of Fifty Shades of Grey. I think I came out afterwards. So they, it's, a bit, you know, it's a bit tame that. For a lot of people, it? that is probably their, their awakening moment. <laughs> but So, yeah, we knew Gemma's into that. And obviously at this dungeon, there was a, the guy who was a professional kind of dungeon master who was, was experienced very, in using. He was very good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. It was quite funny because I was in sort of like, you know, being flogged. And Daz, I think he was just stood there. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So he just leant down and whispered in my ear. He's like, Gem. Um, I'm uh, gonna go and get a drink. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. I was like, yeah. That's so funny. It's definitely part of the thing, and I've part of my apprehension before going to any kind of events like that. It's kind of like, what if you find yourself sort of stood there and you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> that was that moment. That was definitely yeah. We got that out there the first time, and the answer is just go get yourself another beer. <laughs> I was just picturing you for a second there with the, you know, the traditional dad stance that you see in hardware yeah. stores yeah. or whatever. They've got the, ha- the hands behind their back kind of walking around. Definitely that moment. When we came back down, I was like, How, how's that? He, he's sort of done on there. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Everyone was lovely and it really made us want to go to more. But it was a jump in at the deep end kind of scenario. But, yeah, t- we absolutely loved it. thought it was brilliant. And, you know, did a little bit of soft swap. Yeah, I was going to just point like- out, it was our first event. We didn't do anything anywhere near kind of couple swapping or anything like that. Um, we were very clear, both of us early on, that we wanted to take things very slowly. So we just yeah. kind of go to events, get to know the, you know, the people and kind of how things work. And that first event, we had a little kiss with another couple and a little sort of fondle in there. Jacuzzi, in a hot tub. Hot tub. <laughs> and that was it. You know, that was a totally enough for us. And we were like, wow, that was such a big thing. Um, we were so super horny. We actually went down to the dungeon ourselves. Everyone had moved out yeah, there at that point. Got, <laughs> there was another big room they were all in. We were like, we'll sneak off downstairs when no one's there. And then we went back to the room, didn't we, after that, at the end yeah. of the night. Yeah. And literally, kinky. actually, that's quite a funny story because we did go, go back to the room and I can <laughs> squirt. <laughs> yes. I was so horny, like, yeah, impressively, literally <laughs> soaked the bed. Yeah. And we ended up having to sleep on the floor. No, God. Yeah. And apologise to this beautiful grade one listed. Yeah, apologise the next morning. Sorry, but I'm really sorry. I hope that oak four poster bed wasn't too expensive. It's such a wild concept to a lot of people that are probably listening that might not be in the lifestyle that just heard you say we went to a swingers event 
to reconnect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that would yeah. be a really wild concept for a lot of people, but it, it's so true. You know, you said before with spending time with each other, with kind of reigniting that spark. And, and then you went out and did this and then you went back and actually reconnected fabulously. So I think yeah. for people listening, if they're not in the lifestyle, they're like, what the hell? That doesn't make sense. But if you're in the lifestyle, it's like, yeah, totally. It makes so much sense to a lot of people. Yeah, 100%. And it depends a lot on what you think the issues might, underlying issues in a relationship might be. And I think for us, the big thing is always communication. We tend to, or me specifically, I don't know if it's a male thing or a personality thing, but I've always tended to be very closed Gemma's always kind of asked me you know what do you feel about this what do you think of that and I was never able to articulate emotions or have those kind of conversations and one thing getting into the swingers lifestyle forces you to do is become better at communicating and after that first event you know straight away we just started talking better like how did you find that how did you feel mm. And beyond that, you kind of then start to find it easier to talk about things in your life. I'm worried about money. I'm worried that this mm. might not be the right decision. I'm worried about the kids. It's you pissed me off. You didn't take the pens out. Yes. Yeah, those yep. kind of things. Like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah, rather than stewing on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, and I, I would used to stew on things really bad, yeah. didn't I? And that was one of the that's big issues that we we were facing in our relationship. And that's the thing that we've we've overcome is like we were bad communicators, and now we, you know. Talk about everything, don't yeah. And we champion it. We tell other people it's everything is communication in a relationship. And if it, you go out and you do something like this, however far you want to take it, one thing it will make you do is find better ways to communicate yeah. with each other. That's very true. Yeah, absolutely. As you've told us, then your first story. What has been your sexiest memory up until this point now on your <laughs> in, on your journey? Like, what did that ultimate play session look like? There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> when you think of the image in your head of like sexy it's like you know james bond-esque and everyone's all very like done up and then everything just naturally becomes very sexy people's clothes just fall to the ground and, <laughs> and it's all very hot and sex is very rarely that sexy is it it's kind of like sweaty and naked and fart noises like can be an elbow on her <laughs> yeah <laughs> We've been on the periphery of a lot of kind of experiences that we've just kind of dipped into. I think for me, probably the most sexiest experience was going back to the very first time that night we were just talking mm. about and that feeling of how horny we were the day after. And like, because it felt like we'd opened the door to this completely new secret world and that mm. we just wanted more of and like it was the drive home we couldn't keep our hands off each other yeah and we got stayed. home and we were like you know at it again we just literally couldn't stop I think for me it was just like wow this yeah. is amazing and how much sort of closer you feel to each other and like how sexy you feel I think that's got to be yeah it's definitely me. sexier the day after the thing whenever you're in a scenario whether it's a club or just a, a couple swap at someone's house there's an element of kind of sensory overload mm. there's a lot of emotions happening there's a lot of excitement and it's it's a really exciting thing it's almost like a roller coaster that's true it's not until afterwards where you can kind of really sit down and be like oh that was cool and i really like that and like yeah i feel really kind of desired i've, I've had a really nice kind of reinforcement to my own sort of body image and things like that mm. uh so yeah it's generally the day after once you've had that opportunity to just let things calm down a little bit and then we kind of look at each other and we're like oh my god you know what you actually looked really hot last night and mm. and because we've got that 
relationship confidence and security in each other you know you don't have those same kind of feelings that you have it's a different kind of sex sex yeah. with your partner to yeah. sex in the environment and yeah. swinging which i'd say is more of a certainly and i don't know if this changes over time but it's more of a thrill ride yeah than it's a kind of intimate sexy experience but it's always that it's that next morning isn't it it's always like or when you get yeah. back to the hotel in the morning after and then the two of us or have sex and it's just so sort of passionate and like horny yeah. and then we'll talk about everything that happened that's that's always the best moment that's it. it and I know it's there's often termed as sort of reclaiming sex right it's like you're kind of getting your partner back and you're like yeah you're mine you're always a hundred times more confident with your partner than you will be with anyone else and yeah yeah, for us, that sex is the sexy sex. Yeah. As opposed to the experience of swinging and couple swapping, which is more of a, just an excitement. On an adventure. It's just an adventurous <laughs> sex. It's the sexiest of all the sexy sexes. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Love that. I have a little thing here that I like to do on the, the podcast, which is put everybody on the hot seat. So the hot seat is where I might ask you a slightly taboo question, slightly something that might be a little bit uncomfortable. My question for you today on the hot seat is you, you're you saying that swinging saved your relationship, but how do we know this version of you is going to stick? In other words, go the go the long the long haul. I think that, well, I don't think, I <laughs> I know that this is going to stick because we're, we're the happiest we've ever been. I didn't think I could love Daz more than I do. <laughs> More than I did, but but I do. Yeah, yeah the reconnection that we have now is just, it's yeah. just amazing. We're so intimate with each other and you're so much more tactile with me. You know, all the little bickers that we just barely do that anymore. It's just... Yeah, our relationship was always one of love. Whilst we were facing those decisions about, is this relationship right for us it was never out of a place of we weren't in love with each other yeah we were just struggling to deal with all of these uh external influences and as i said our own sort of emotional intelligence with one another within the relationship now we've kind of un- overcome those there's not really anything holding us back if we ever came up against a problem now we would head it off before it became a big problem because yeah. we're able to talk about it if there ever was a day in the future where one of us said do you know what this isn't kind of i can feel the love waning it would be a conversation we'd have an opportunity to address it now relationships relationships you know certainly marriages aren't the, the odds are sort of 50 50 really yeah. aren't they? i mean yeah. speaking so if you're not able to have those conversations you're not giving yourself the best opportunity to to make it a success that's true. And I guess you can't really say then that you've tried, can you really? Like if you if you walk away without having these conversations, you know, you kind of give it up. Exactly that. And small problems become the big problems and the big problems are the ones that will end a relationship. So you've got to cha- challenge all the small problems as soon as they arise yeah. so that you're not left facing a big problem, which is ultimately someone saying, I don't love you anymore or yeah. I've been. Because um, it was never that we didn't, that we weren't in love with each other. We just, you know, I think. 
just lost lost our way with each other and lost that connection, hadn't we? And outside influences just were sort of pulling us apart. Gem, I've got one for you then. You just said that you don't bicker as much before, but Daz earlier in the episode said that he gets hangry. So where are we at with the bickering slash hangry situation? <laughs> I'm assuming there's snacks on hand. Is that how we're kind of mitigating that risk? Is that what we're doing? Always, always, always make sure Daz is fed. <laughs> <laughs> If he isn't fed and he doesn't have the snacks, it's not good. <laughs> don't don't be around him. <laughs> yeah. To say we don't bicker is untrue. Like all couples, we bicker. We yeah. bicker more like... I think it's more in a funny way now, isn't it? Whereas yeah. before, we we bicker and those bicker... been underlying, like, yeah. yeah. Turn into an argument. Or like, now we can sort of, like, if something would start, we'll laugh at each other. Or, yeah, we'll bicker over small things. Or before, it would be, I could say something and there'd be a week's worth of me going... I'm sure she's not talking to him. <laughs> I'm getting the silent treatment. Yeah, I mean, I could It'd go. It'd take a long time before I... And I was like, not talking to me. Yeah. I could go silent and for a whole go, week. Well, it's this thing you said, like, last week. I'd be like, what? Whereas now, she'll say straight away. Like, if I speak yeah. to her in the wrong way, she's like, I'm not speaking to me correctly. Yeah. It's kind of dealt with there and then. And yeah, hey, we, you apologise, don't you? Yeah, we can have a bicker about it any time. But it's not, you know, not, it doesn't drag on. Yeah. Everyone kind of knows where they stand. And Cool. Now, I also like to put you in the hot seat, but I like to get you guys to give some gold star advice to our listeners that might be either new to the lifestyle or considering the lifestyle. So what are some of the key ingredients for you guys that make the lifestyle work as a couple? I know you've already said quite a lot. You know, you said communication. You've said just kind of going in and discussing what you want, what you want to get out of it. Daz, you mentioned even giving, you know, Gem some space during that dungeon session. So you've already said a lot of good pieces of information. So I don't know how you're going to build on it, but my question is what's your gold star piece of advice? Yeah, gold well, star advice. It's the, definitely understanding what you want to get out of it, why you're going into it. Going very slowly. Yeah, take take things at your own pace. I think you can look at other people and think, or other couples, they're doing that, they're doing this, we must be doing that. But no, you've got to do what you feel comfortable with and go at your own pace and, yeah. and set the boundaries. Yeah, and it's a journey. It's a journey that we're still at the very early stages of, even though we're you know considered um, knowledgeable in the lifestyle, we still see ourselves as still just kind of starting to explore these different things. And there's so many avenues with it that we've not even explored yet. But yeah, it's a journey and take it slowly and enjoy each step of the process. There's no need to run in and be thinking, well, I need to go out and yeah. we need to go and do a couple swap. We've got to find yeah. time to do that. I like, think that's like, such a big step from just initially um, exploring what the lifestyle is. Going to clubs is definitely the best way to sort of get into it and just, you know, be around those kind of people, enjoy the atmosphere and you don't need to go and do something. You know, you can just play with each other, which we do quite a yeah. lot. You know, I think the misconception is that people go and it's just a massive fuck fest. <laughs> Gagging on the cocks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it might you be. Find that. Do you want to find that? Yeah, but, you know, a lot of times we'll go and we won't do anything with anyone because no. we haven't sort of found someone that we maybe want to. We definitely treat it more as a social event. And then with the bonus of everyone's yeah. kind of everyone kind of knows what everyone's lifestyle background is. So there's yeah. the potential there for, for things to escalate if you want them to. But first and foremost, it's a social lifestyle to us. It's yeah. meeting people as we um, are developing really good friendships. It's kind of getting to see the same people at different events and and just enjoying the time with people who are just fun and free and open minded and yeah. know how to kind of let their hair down and have honest conversations 
which you don't sort of get in Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor spoons. <laughs> like maybe you do get that conversation with Oh, well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. We've had a lot of conversation about the positives, the communication, how we've done well. I want to continue kind of this thread in, in the section two here, which is kind of the ups and downs of swinging and, and the realities of it. It's not always smooth sailing. We know that. We've kind of discussed some of that all, always. But, you know, how do we how do we as as lifestylers navigate those those ups and downs, those challenges that we face? One of my first questions is can you recall a moment when uh, jealousy might have crept in and how you managed to navigate through that individually and then, you know, collectively as a couple? Yeah, I would definitely say in terms of jealousy, that's going to come more from my end than Gemma's. Gemma doesn't tend to get so jealous. I get a bit turned on by the jealousy. Yeah, and Gemma's, Gemma's always thing where the jealousy for her is a signifier that she kind of wants you. <laughs> so she's like, if I'm if she's feeling jealous of me with a girl, it's because then her attraction levels for me are going up. Um, for me, it's, I guess, an instinct as a male to kind of be protective of Gemma and be like, no other males can come near her. So there is an element of kind of overcoming that early on. Again, we haven't had any major problems, I would say. No, definitely. I will veto people. Mm -hmm. So, anytime there be any kind of cup swap action for either of us, it has to be approved by both of us. It's a kind of like, are you into it? Are you into it? Yes, yes. I tend to be more like that guy, like, no, (laughs) this guy. Oh, what's he? Oh, he's got good set vibes. No, not to it. So you're kind of heading it off before it gets bigger. Yeah, exactly. As soon as I can feel the kind of like insecurity coming in, I'm like, that could be a problem. So we sort of stop it. For me, if there's any kind of couple swap action, I have to meet the guys, I have to get along with them. There has to be a real connection between me and them that I trust them enough to be like, I can be in that scenario and I'm not going to have jealousy afterwards. I'm not trying to put you always on the spot here, Daz, but my when you see jealousy or when it kind of starts creeping in or you're triggered by something, you mentioned abs there, but is it is it always more <laughs> of a physical thing or is it sometimes more of a oh that that you know that gentleman is making Jem laugh so much? What are your triggers, do you think? Yeah, it's definitely to be fair, it's it's not a physical thing at all that would trigger me. But yeah, it's more I would say it's more an attitude thing. If a guy is going to kind of come into our world and into our circle, then there has to be a strong element of respect. And that's definitely something that goes through the, the whole sort of swinging lifestyle. If I'm not feeling like there is enough respect there for the scenario and for what's happening, or there's almost like a sense of entitlement, like, hey, I, I know what I'm doing. So you can just leave me with your missus, mate, and you can kind of go like straight away. That's not going to work. Mm. Uh, and they're going to be red flags. And Gemma won't necessarily know it. So some suave guy sweeps in, he's kind of chatting to her and, and I'm getting that vibe. Then I'm straight away, I'll go over to Gemma and be like, oh, sorry, like I'm just not, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not a physical thing, but it's a, it's a vibe. People talk about vibe all the time in the yeah. lifestyle. And it's, if I get that certain vibe of lack of respect or an air of entitlement, then uh, that's it's not happen. for you. <laughs> no, good. Thank you for sharing. And by the way, Gem, just so you know, the the feeling turned on with the jealousy side of it, there is a, um, a very well-known sexologist. Her name is Dr. Jess O'Reilly. And she oh. actually gets uh, and talks about this quite often. You might be interested in following on Instagram and stuff, but she talks about getting very turned on when she's jealous of her partner um, or, or really? another lady. Inter- oh, yeah. So she talks about that a lot because I think that 
normally when we talk about jealousy, it's quite a negative reaction, you know, it's, yeah. whereas the way that she talks about it is it makes me horny when I'm jealous. And so, I don't know, Je- Dr. Jess O'Reilly, have a, have a look at her on uh, social media. Oh, I will. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that you, so you're not alone. I'm there you go. Yeah, see, I'm not yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't say that. We said you're not alone. <laughs> no, I said that. <laughs> and now I know a little bit of the, I've got some insight from Jem on this one. And again, poor Daz, you're just, <laughs> you're just getting hammered here, buddy. Actually, well, that's a very good pun. Let's talk about drinking too much in an event. <laughs> getting hammered. Yeah, getting hammered. We all, I think, have had a little bit too much sauce, some, some, you know, liquid courage in the past and, and maybe haven't, you know, acted appropriately or performed appropriately or whatever. What happened with, with you? I guess when we first got into the lifestyle, certainly at some of the bigger events, I was, there's still a sort of mentality of a kind of going out mentality for me, or there certainly was early on, yeah. which is like, hey, we're all here, we're all having drinks, things like that. Yeah. We would always probably have a couple of drinks um, just to kind of loosen up and things like that. There's a there's a limit. There's a limit for me where I will go from loosening up drinks to like out out drinks. That's <laughs> yeah. no, your limit. Now, when you talk about those triggers and um, jealousy responses and things like that, it's very quickly heightened by alcohol. Oh yeah. Is now we're so strict now with our drinking at events because of this. It's never caused an issue, but it certainly meant we've had experience where we had one experience where I'm kind of, I was struggling with it, with what was going on. So nothing was happening, but we had the potential to kind of jump in with some couples and some group stuff going on. And because of the outcome, I'm just struggling to process it. And Jem can sort of see that. And Jem's totally relaxed and like, yeah, this is fun. We're kind of going with the flow. Jen's very good at recognising in me when I'm not comfortable. Mm. Uh, And she's pretty quickly gone like, "You're, you're not all right with this, are you? And I'm just like, no, because of that guy. And you're kind of like, I think you like him. And I'm like, and Jem's like, you've had a few too many drinks. Off we go. Let's go take so, ourselves out of the yeah. situation. Like, we've had a great night. This is sort of later on, kind of 11, 12 o'clock. We've had a great night. Like, let's let's go. It was a situation that nothing happened, but one of those situations where you recognise things go very quickly can go wrong when alcohol is involved. You are not yeah. able to control those emotional responses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The I, I actually empathise with this a lot because this is actually something that happens to me. You will get sober, Kate, and here's my emotional output to a scenario, and then you will get <laughs> tipsy wine, Kate, and then there's a couple of versions of tipsy wine, Kate. There's shit face <laughs> tipsy wine, Kate. And then somewhere between that version, there's a completely – almost childish reaction to emotional inputs. And we actually have a couple of counsellors that specialise in non-monogamy and the way she explains it is she says your amygdala's flipped. Like at that point, once you get that emotional reaction, your amygdala flips and then there's really no logical brain then. That's fucking it for the night, you know what I mean? And you're right, it just kind of escalates. And unless your partner... You know, it depends on how Jem's reaction, so that's going to be too. If her reaction of one is like, but I was really excited and I really wanted to play with these people, then you're going to really fly off the handle. So I totally, um, I I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. And I can tell you there have been moments over our journey in the past 10 years where I've had too much and I've had a completely emotional reaction. I wake up the next morning and I'm like, why did I do that? feel that way. Yeah, you do that too. It's funny you hearing that there's there's two versions because there's definitely two versions for Daz. There's the version that he's just said about where he gets like a bit jealous and it's but there's the funny version as well. Yeah, where it was another so right incident. The, the crazy jealous version. There's the, the version that's just like child mind, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just running around and and having the best time ever. Not always 
the most welcome in no. the uh, club. So I think we're trying to take it really serious. Yeah. But you did actually, you took some uh, performance enhancing um, yeah, that's drugs, right. yeah. some Viagra. And when you drank a little bit too much, and then because he was like loud, funny, tipsy, he started uh, saying how big his erection was. <laughs> <laughs> Big stickler. Yeah. So, I'm like, oh God, no. We were playing, Time to go. We were in a group room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we were playing alone yeah. in a kind of corner somewhere. But I was sort of stood up on the bed and kind of swinging it around and being like, wow, look at the size of this. Well, it, it's time to go. I would love to witness that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of like, oh, sorry, mate, I got a bit on your life. <laughs> Just like, yeah. So, Jem's like, we, we need to take ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So, if that happens again, though, Jem, before you leave, can you just come and get me just so I can spend five minutes will, witnessing yeah. And also with alcohol, I mean, this kind of really leads well into the next question. With alcohol, you also have a tendency to fuck up your boundaries, right? You've gone in with this very clear set of boundaries. You've you've agreed upon them. You've spoken about your desires, what you want to get out of the evening. You've had some drinks and they go out the window. So with your uh, boundaries, is there anything that you thought you were comfortable with? You got into a scenario and then you found it extremely challenging how did you handle it? Yeah, that we got involved in an in an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we started playing the two of us, all good. Yeah. But there were some people that we didn't know very well. Mm. And we always like to kind of, like we were saying before, we like to have that connection yeah. and, and, you know, get to know them before, you know, anything else happens. And it was sort of at the point where people started moving around mm. and I could feel that Daz was getting really uncomfortable because I could just read him so well. We don't even always need our code word. Yeah. <laughs> I just know. And I was like, you okay? He's like, no, no, I'm not. And I was like, come on, let's go. And I think the main thing whenever that kind of happens is just take yourself out of the situation. Yeah, definitely. We'd sort of, we definitely knew we were kind of pushing limits and we sort of said, let's just kind of jump yeah. in and see what, because again, you know, people talk about, hey, there's this orgy. It's a bit like, well, what does that mean? Like, what's happening? Like, how's everyone pairing off? Mm-hmm. Like, so let's just kind of go and sit in there and, and see what's kind of happening. And then because yeah, at the start, you were not up for it. And then because yeah. like, you said about boundaries and then a bit later on, he was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's do it. I was like, oh, OK, then. <laughs> but yeah, um, I definitely started to see this kind of like, oh, OK, this is kind of and I don't think this is the same. Uh, I guess it changes from orgy to orgy and people agree beforehand what the rules <laughs> are or, or they don't. But you could see with this, it was kind of like a more of an open swap. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, we don't know some of these people. Right. We're not comfortable doing this. So so we took out ourselves out. Now, the awkwardness is always that kind of like, hey, sorry, guys. Like, we're yeah, we're off. <laughs> and afterwards, we were sort of sat there. Obviously, um, everyone was still going. And we were discussing, like, how, what should we say to them? Should we say, like, we didn't feel very well? Or, like, yeah. how do you overcome that embarrassment? And I said, well, let's just be honest. And yeah, just so this, what this lifestyle is all about. Yeah. Everyone's really understanding. Yeah. Let's just be honest. So they kind, said, of, kind of came out. We knew some of them. Some of them are sort of good friends anyway. And they're kind of like, hey, is everything okay, guys? And we, we said. We just said, yeah, yeah. We just weren't feeling it. We started to feel a bit uncomfortable and took ourselves yeah. out of the situation. And then the reassurance from them, they're so, like, I'm so glad you did that. Yeah. yeah. Even, like, 
Or they'd much rather you took yourself out of a situation you're not comfortable yeah. with than just stayed in it to try and appease people who are around you, which is yeah. the worst thing. Because it's very difficult once you do something that you're not happy with, you can't you take can't it take back. back. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that also a wild, a wild concept, though? You were worried about saying no to sex with people because you're worried about feeling awkward. Like, it's it's such a – and I feel this way all the time because I'm also quite a people pleaser – and yeah. I'm just like, but it's also my body and I'm about to let yes. somebody do something to my body and I'm feeling awkward or apologetic about not letting them do that. Like, yeah. what, that, how, what do we, how are we humans? How do we actually even live day to day is just beyond me about this stuff. I'm glad you were honest though. And I'm glad that they accepted yeah. it because I was about to say, if they didn't accept it, um, fuck, fuck them, but don't fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not literally. <laughs> no, but that's great. And I think you're right about the orgy situation too. I remember, I want to say it was in our first year of the lifestyle and I think we did a podcast episode about it, actually, because there was a potential for an orgy. And we were kind of slightly maybe into a few couples in there and say there was eight couples. And we thought, OK, we like four of the couples. And we yeah. had a big conversation about how do we reject the other four mid-orgy yeah, if they come over and you're like kind of not really keen, you know, and that's that's an awkward thing. And I think now one of the ways we do it is we actually have a circle of consent at the very, very beginning but you're right, in some of those club environments when everything's just kind of a little bit more fluid, it's kind of tough to just, yeah, mid-play yeah. just be like, yeah, you, yes, you, yes, um, sorry, yes, yeah. you're off, you're you're on the bench, buddy, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not getting any play. Yeah. It is rough. <laughs> Move <Yeah>. along. <laughs> yeah, it is difficult. We've always been very strong in terms of being like, let's, we're never going to put ourselves in a situation we're not happy with. With that orgy situation, by coming away and having a chat about it, if we sort of come away and go, actually, like, you're okay, yeah, I'm okay with it. You can always jump back in, yeah. but you give yourself that moment to step away and just, you know, reaffirm, are you happy with what's happening? And if there's any sort of doubt, there'll be another day. Like you don't need to kind of uh, take... Another day, another orgy. Another orgy tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh, it's only Wednesday, yeah. Yes. <laughs> We've got time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and again, that was another... Another sort of valuable learning experience for us that it's like it's okay to just um, take yourself out of a scenario. It's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you just mentioned before, in particular reference to this orgy, that a few of the people in there were quite good friends of yours or friends mm. that you've kind of built up over the over the course of your journeys. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the positives that people don't think about, the lifestyle community. What's your thoughts on it? How do you feel about it? Yeah, we love it. We yeah. love the fact that I think, you know, the misconception is, it, again, it's just people having a fuck fest but no it is more it is the community you know you make all these new connections you make new friends and it's it's so nice because once you sort of you think you want to get into the lifestyle you sort of think oh am I the only one you know are we the only couple yeah but no there's you know there are so many people and it's just meeting like-minded people and then creating those new friendships it's yeah. it's brilliant we love it yeah definitely I think we'd sort of got to a uh, I don't know whether it's an age, but we've certainly got to a point in life where we sort of like the friends we've got around. So we have really close tight friends that we've known for a long time, but the friends groups just get smaller and smaller. We're not sort of socialising as much and things like that. And we were sort of missing that connection with, with people just on a social level and people who were kind of like minded with us. And we started being more and more like we're not quite like everyone else. <laughs> like There are things we think and do and ways that we feel that we can't relate to a lot of people that we know through work and things yeah. like that, for instance. So by getting into the lifestyle, suddenly there's that breath of fresh air, like, oh, there's so many people like us, yeah. like they're all here. Yeah. And we didn't know that because we had no way of connecting. There wasn't the 
social media platforms and things that there are available now. So yeah, it was um, it was going out to events and building WhatsApp groups, and and now we've just connected so many different people yeah. We're in so many different groups. It's a whole new world, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's like, lovely people. It's we look forward to each event. So we're going to see another group of like, oh yeah, we're going to see them for yeah. that thing and. Um, in fact, one of the things we're trying to do now is find more obscure events <laughs> because it's becoming too much like everyone's just going and having the same parties, which is great. But we're like, oh, we're not meeting anyone else at the moment. Yeah, you definitely have to kind of reach out and make sure you're expanding that uh, social circle. That's so true. As you, I think you just said it might be an age thing. I, I honestly think it is because I think we start to really appreciate the energy that we put into certain tasks, people, yeah. relationships. And as you say, you grow and people kind of move and adapt. And it's not that there's any bad blood between people, but, you know, there's only a certain amount of time in the day and there's only a certain amount of energy that you can put into something. And then I think when you are putting energy into an area where you're like, actually, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to put it over here. And, and you yeah. know, it, it feels better. It's like a more fruitful kind of relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back up, back on the hot seat for the two of you. So get your buttons ready. <laughs> We've spoken about your passion for the for the going to the gym. I think that's great for a few reasons obviously it's very healthy but I see you doing it on Instagram as a couple as well and so I think it's great that you both share that passion together and it's your time away from work from family to connect and that sort of stuff but of course with sharing this kind of a journey and sharing uh, you know a fitter body on social media you're going to get a lot of negativity come from it and a very common saying is in the lifestyle is that we're not Ken and Barbie you know we're just your average couple so my question is do you come against that people kind of taking shots at you or assuming your your personalities are a certain way because of your physical appearance? And then how do you guys deal with, you know, trying to be more inclusive and showing people that you're, you know, greater than the sum of your body parts? I think firstly, you know, we want to have good bodies and we want to make ourselves look good um, because it makes us feel good. Like mentally, it makes us feel really good. And, you know, anybody can mm. can do it if they want to. But I think as, you know, answering that part of the lifestyle, we we are attracted to people that, you know, don't necessarily have amazing bodies because they've got an amazing personality and you just connect with them uh, with their energy and on a different level. So, you know, definitely they don't have to look, you know, have the perfect body and have the perfect face. It is it is about that connection with people. For us, the whole gym thing, and that was something that we'd always sort of done. So that was kind of a part of us. It was never something that we did to please anyone else. We did it for each other and for ourselves and then kind of got into the lifestyle. When we, when we decided, yeah, let's kind of be open about this and kind of put ourselves out there, we did think if we did more fitness stuff, we would probably get more attention for it. <laughs> we didn't see that as a bad thing because we thought any attention we bring into this lifestyle, any people we're kind of converting and showing that it's okay is a good thing because potentially people might look at us and kind of go, oh, cool. Like those guys, that's how they live. And it's not the image that I thought I had of what swinging would be. So we only see it as, as a positive. Uh, in terms of like Jem said, when we go to clubs and things like that, there's always going to be a total variety of different types of people and body shapes. And one of the great things with this lifestyle is the body positivity element of it. Every woman, I can't comment on the guys, but every woman looks beautiful when they kind of strip down to their fanciest yeah. uh, lingerie. And that's the really great thing. And so many times you've been at events, um, chatted to, to women who have 
being new to the scene who are like, I feel, I don't feel confident, you know, so many yeah, beautiful women around. my mum and boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the support that they get from people who are like, are you joking? Like you're stunning. You look amazing. And pretty quickly, like you can just see the confidence come out of them. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people are into the lifestyle is because of that. It, there is nothing that will give you a bigger boost to self-confidence than go into an event where everyone's essentially kind of stripped down to their bare minimum. And it's like, Hey, this is who I am. You will feed off that confidence. You'll come away glowing. Uh, As I say, regardless of whether you explore the whole couple swap side of it, it's much more than that. It's much more about people just feeling um, great with, with who they are and confident in communicating and confident with their own sexuality. Yeah. Being unapologetically themselves. But you did just say when people are stripped down to their fancy lingerie. So what happens though, when people leave the lingerie back at the pre-venue and don't actually take it to the club? (laughs) (laughs) Who would do such a thing? Yeah. Yes. I left my lingerie sex bag at the hotel. Yeah, I got the blame for that. That's you did. It was, you were in charge of it. It was your responsibility. me running around going, we need to find the lingerie. <laughs> Code red. That's a really f- fond memory. Yeah, so we very kindly got it back for us. I just have to say on that note, that um, has been one of our favourite our favorite events, actually, the Hotel Takeover. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely love that. <laughs> I just love the little memories like that that are totally outside of what you expect to really take away from an event and one of my core memories of that is like not only you coming down to the reception area and being like well fuck you know I've got to go back to the hotel and then us getting it and then the on the other end of the telephone like the mishaps of trying to find it and stuff it's it's a full-on core memory always check where your undies bag is check where your undies bag is that's gold star advice right there as we get ready to wrap up then, where do you see your journey in, in the future? You mentioned earlier that you're looking for some different kind of events to go to, some exploring some new things. So what are you guys kind of, what's on the horizon for you for 2024 and, and in the future? Trying new new events, new clubs. Yeah, we'd like to get abroad and sort of try some different countries. Nice. See seems to like it. Big fan of that. Yeah, yeah that's definitely probably our next step at the moment. Just, you know, we really want to, be advocates for the lifestyle and you know, that's one of the reasons isn't it that we decided to sort of come out so to speak and show our faces so we can show people what it's done for us and how it's helped us and kind of help other people with body confidence and you know yeah sex positivity and yeah we're happy like you say when you put yourself out on social media and you do um, articles and things like that you open yourself up to a lot of criticism that criticism doesn't bother us. Like we're very thick skinned. So we're quite happy to go out there and sort of put ourselves out publicly and, and kind of take whatever's thrown at us. <laughs> take the hits for the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. take one for the team. <laughs> never take one for the team. No, never take one for the team. <laughs> Not in the lifestyle. Don't take one for the team. But, uh, <laughs> Bad advice. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, we think this is such a positive thing that we do. And we think the whole lifestyle has is, is got so many benefits to so many people. But historically people have really wanted to talk about it it's been a bit more of a taboo subject and now there's so many people who are sort of out there vocalizing and happy to talk about it and uh, we're just being really sort of proud because they're the people that brought us into it to now be able to kind of pay it forward and say like okay we're in now like here's here's how we're finding it because everyone will relate to to different people and uh, different people's scenarios and some people might relate to us 
That's very true because there are, I think at the moment, over 100 English-speaking Swinger podcast. When we started, there was about five. And I always say to people, if our voices annoy you, if our approach it disagrees with your approach, like please go and find somebody else. And it's the same with social media. If you're following someone on social media and, you know, it's about the vibe, as you said earlier, if you're really getting that vibe from them, like follow and consume their content and, yeah. you know, and then the people that they interact with as well might be of the same ilk as you. So see who they're interacting with and then and then go and follow them. Speaking of social media, if you do actually want to connect with Gem and Daz, I'm going to have some show notes here and you can go and find the Instagram, the Twitter. I'm going to have the TikTok in there as well. So if you guys want to follow them on any of those platforms, you are absolutely more than welcome to and checking out their their journey. And I actually did know that you had fur babies because I do follow you on Instagram. And every time <laughs> you guys are out for coffee with your fur babies, I'm like, oh, my kind of people. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, any other final words that you would like to leave our listeners with as we as we close out today's episode? Yeah, I'd just uh, like to say, hopefully, if you're uh, thinking about exploring the lifestyle at all, get out there and get to an event, follow some people on social media and uh, and give it a try. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And it might not be for you, but it might be the best thing you ever did. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love that. What a perfect way to end. And thank you again for joining us on today's episode. I've really had a great time. I hope that you guys enjoyed that too. Yeah, we did. We will. See, I'll see you in in March. Then I'll see. Yeah, can't, yeah, we I, can't wait. You got to ask us about our outfits. Oh yeah. yeah, what are you wearing? What are what are you wearing to the black and white ball? And I'm also going to bring some handcuffs, and I'm going to actually handcuff your lingerie to you. Yeah. Oh, now that yeah. would be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to handcuff it to Dad because he's the one that forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> you can handcuff me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy. So do you actually have your outfits planned? I think we're going black, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're going to go it's black. or white, isn't it? It is black and white, yeah. We've got another event coming up in a couple of weeks, which is like a black tie event. And I, so I'm going to buy a black, like a black double-breasted suit for that, which I can wear with a bow tie. So I'd probably wear that with like a black polar neck and go very James Bond-esque. That's last to go into real details about <laughs> his attire. We've had conversations about this before. He was actually telling a girl once about this jacket. <laughs> One of the girls just got up and left. I was like, wow, you need to stop. Literally, all these girls in underwear, me explaining the fine details of tailoring a men's jacket. You're like, that is too much. <laughs> we don't want to know that. <laughs> it's a jacket. That's the end. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a black jacket with a black T-shirt. That's what we're doing. I, I actually like the detail. So, yes, thank you for oh, sharing that. I'll get to talk to you about it then. <laughs> and what about you, Gem? Do you have yours? I've got a white option and a black option, and I'm not sure what one yet. So nice. we'll have a try-on session, won't we? <laughs> a white short tight option. Might put it on social media and t- take a poll. Oh. Yeah, take a poll. That's the way to do it, isn't there it? There you go. Like, yeah, on, on, an inst- on an Instagram story, take a poll. I love that. Well, it's been absolutely fabulous, guys. Thank you again for joining us today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to publishing this and just hearing everyone's feedback. If you want to get in contact with me, you can reach out on email, email at wanderlustswingers.com. Or as I mentioned before, you can connect with Gem and Daz on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. We'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>